And welcome back into the Tide Talk Podcast by the TideTalkSports.com. Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's great to be back uh, on uh, on a pod. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a while since y'all heard my uh, voice uh, been behind the scenes. Uh, of course, Stacy's been around and Ricky's mainly doing all of our YouTube stuff. But, but uh, I'm fixing to get more involved again instead of just been uh, taking some time to uh, chill a little, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, man, it's good to have you back. Uh, like you said, it's been a while since you've been on, but we're just going to act like you've been here the whole time. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just got a few things that we want to talk about tonight. Uh, we're, we're, we are recording this on Monday night, uh, December the 28th, so we're just a few days away from Alabama's matchup against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the college football playoff semifinals. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. But before we get to that, we do want to talk a little bit about the Heisman. That's also coming up in about 10 days or so. Uh, of course, Alabama has two finalists uh, with with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Uh, Jake, just how do you feel the the the, uh, the win- or who do you feel like the winner is going to be? And then also, if it's different, who do you think it should be? Uh, well, um, my my choice is going to be Devontae Smith. I mean, that dude, I mean, what, what can you say about him that we haven't already said or Ricky hadn't already said or anybody else for that matter that watches him play hasn't already said? Um, I mean, he's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can put it. But, um. You know, he. Uh, I don't think there's been a Heisman winner since, you know, that that was not been a non-quarterback or running back since Desmond Howard, and that's been what the early 2000s, maybe, maybe late 90s. So no, I no, think, that was that that was that was early 90s. Early Desmond, 90s. De- Desmond's a lot older than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think it's Devontae's uh, to lose. Um, I mean, every every guy out there uh, has got a got a fighting chance. I mean, Mac Jones, we've seen what he's done this year with a full, uh, you know, full as the starter per se uh, at quarterback. Um, nobody, you know, him not coming in behind somebody behind two or Jalen, whatever. But man, he's uh, he's been electric too. But man, I tell you, Devontae Jones. I mean, Devontae Smith, dude. Uh, he he's amazing, and uh, I'm gonna miss that kid. Uh, wearing the crimson, that's for sure. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think I think Devontae is going to win. I think that's who should win. Mm-hmm. But there is one thing that I am a little concerned about. There's there's going to be some voters that uh, you know I don't know if you know how the voting process works, but I think they just each voter can only vote for three different players, and it's you know it, and it's in order of you know who you think deserves it the most. You know, and it's just three spots, so it's just one, two, and three. So I'm just concerned that Mac and Smitty are going to take away votes from each other. This is just kind of my pessimistic view of it. You know, maybe maybe Devontae does get a lot of first-place votes, uh, but if he doesn't get any first-place votes, then then he's not going to be on anybody's ballot. You see what I'm saying? They're, gonna, they're not going to put two players from Alabama on their ballot. That's what I'm concerned about. Uh, I still think that Smith is going to get enough enough first place votes to win, but you know, my pessimistic side would not be surprised if somebody like Trevor Lawrence won. Uh, 
some people have the, you know, this idea that it's uh, a career award and that, that Trevor Lawrence should win it, but that's, that is not the case. No. So uh, it, it's, it's about this year and what they've accomplished. And uh, Devonte Smith has had a good a year as a receiver has ever had. Uh, he's, he's the best player on the best team. And so uh, I think that goes to say that he's probably most deserving of the Heisman trophy. And uh, you know, what's crazy is, uh, I, I, for a few weeks, we thought it was going to be Mac, and then all of a sudden, Smitty, especially after Waddle's injury, uh, Smitty just came on and was just just unstoppable. And you know, credit to Steve Sarkeesian, who you know who who won the Brawls Award today uh, for yep. the nation's top assistant. So shout out to him; he's done a fantastic job. But you know, when Waddle went down, we were kind of, everybody was kind of wondering, well, well teams are going to start focusing in on Smith, and and all Smith done and all Sark designed was was getting Smith open more often and getting more catches and touches. And uh, he even got to do the punt returns and return one for a touchdown against Arkansas. So, I mean, it's just, it, to me, it's no doubt about it that Devontae Smith is has been the best player in college football this season. Absolutely, man. And um, you talked about being the best player on uh... – on their team, and, and Devontae is certainly that uh, for Alabama, but um, I really, really uh, was, you know, hoping that that Najee could sneak in there because, I mean, he's come on here the last couple games too, and um, but he finished fifth in the in the voting. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's been an unusual year. Usually you only have three Heisman finalists. This year we're going to have four. Um, but, man, you know, I like I said, and like you said, I think it's Devontae's to lose. Um, but man, you know, it's, uh, like you said, they, they could take, uh, votes away from each other, uh, him and, and Jones. I never thought about that, that, uh, that happening, but it very well could. It's, um, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see when it all comes out, how the wet, you know, how the West votes, cause they don't have a guy kind of like a Christian McCaffrey or something like that over there. So how are they going to see not having a West coast guy? in the finals, see how, you know, how they're going to, going to roll with it. Yeah. That's the, the voting is going to be interesting to see. And like I said, I don't, I think Smith is going to win the first place votes, you know, by a pretty big margin, but I worry on the ballots that he's not the number one choice that he's not going to be on the ballot at all. (laughs) So that's what concerns me. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be on everybody's ballot. So he's going to get plenty of points. And I just worry that Mac and Devontae may cancel each other out on, on some of these ballots. And, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. There's, there's people out there that just despise Alabama and, uh, you know, they're, they may put one of them on, but they're not going to put both of them on. So uh, that will be interesting to see, but I I do feel like Devontae is going to win. And I don't think there's any doubt that he's the most deserving. Absolutely. But we kind of want to touch on something else. Uh, of course, Auburn hired Brian Harson as their head football coach last week. Uh, Jake, I don't really know about you, but I mean, I think Harson is a good coach, but it's kind of a head scratching hire, in my opinion. What kind of what's your thoughts on on the hiring of Brian Harson and kind of how the whole coaching search went down for Auburn? Well, I don't want to get get too deep into it, but. Everybody knows if, you know, especially 
Among Us and Tide Talk that I absolutely cannot stand the barn. And uh, when all these coaches uh, was, you know, when there was an interview and they come out and said, you know, no, I'm not going to interview. I mean, everybody thought that Billy Napier, Napier was going to be the next coach at Auburn. Then he come out and said, no. And then, you know, they they thought about, you know, Kevin Steele and all the, the barners got, you know, started that hashtag stop Steele. And, um, you know, and, and then uh, Bill Clark, which, you know, if you listen to some of our old recordings, I have been a big fan of Bill Clark and what he's done at UAB. And then he also turned them down. So to me, it feels like the Harson um, hire was like a, oh my God, we got to find somebody. And uh, and that's how I feel about it. Now Harson, I mean, he did coach at Boise and he does have a 68 and 18 record uh, up there at Boise. But I mean, it is Boise. I mean, they play Idaho. And I think they're playing the the WAC or something like that, and they just blow through that conference uh, without. <laughs> it, it's the Mountain West Conference now, Jake. The WAC hasn't been around in a while. <laughs> okay, Mountain West. But but yeah, I mean he just, I mean Boise is is a powerhouse in that conference. Now whenever they play somebody different, uh, they usually lose. Like I remember the Statue of Liberty play. That is the um, most famous that. Uh, Boise did, but they did win that game. But uh, but usually when they play against a power five team, they usually get the brakes bit off of. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of players he can uh, he can bring in and how he's going to recruit at Auburn. Because I mean, a lot of people say it's a it's a big time program, and down here in the south, that he is in uh, the SEC because you are playing the SEC. But I mean, you're going to, have to coach against you know, Nick Saban, and and a lot of people down there want you to beat Nick Saban, you know, year in, year out. So I just don't see how he's going to do that. Well, th- I could I could probably spend an entire podcast on this. And, look, I'm an Alabama fan, so I don't like Auburn. I, I don't think that – I mean, that goes without saying. But what I'm about to say, and it's going to take me a couple minutes to get all this out, but okay. – uh, what I'm about to say, I want you all to know that I'm not saying this through crimson colored glasses. I'm saying this through reality. I mean, this is just reality. Um, Auburn thinks they are something that they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's just let, let's just look at SEC jobs, okay? Uh, let let's just think about the jobs that are better jobs and better program than Auburn. All right. Of course, we have Alabama, Georgia, mm-hmm. Florida, mm-hmm. LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and then Auburn. Yeah. So, That's so true. That, that, that puts them at seven. And, and, if you, and if you don't agree with that, then you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And people can people make and make the argument about Texas A and M, but it's only because they haven't been in this league as long as Auburn has. But uh, A and M can pay more money than what Auburn can. A and M has more resources than what Auburn has. Uh, yeah. So, uh, regardless, they're no better than sixth in their own conference. I, and I, I mean that that's just that's just the facts. 
So with that being said, uh, I don't understand why they were so unhappy with Gus. Yeah. Um, you know, historically speaking, Auburn is around an eight, you know, an eight win program, seven to eight wins a year. What did Gus do? He did that. <laughs> okay. Also, he took them to a national title game. Yeah. He took them to a couple SEC championship games. He beat Nick Saban more than any coach has since Nick Saban's been in Alabama. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to start all this by saying Auburn needs to realize who they are. Before they, I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best, but you also have to have some sense of reality of who you are. And I think that's step one. Okay, and then then it goes on to uh, after they made the hire of Brian Harson, they act like he was their guy from the get go. They come <laughs> out with this statement talking about how he was their guy. Then why they interview him oh, first? Oh, okay. Then why was he not hired two days after after Gus was fired? Why did it take however many days it took for him to be announced? And for his name to even be surfaced whatsoever right. uh, with that job. I mean, his name was surfaced, and two hours later, he was hired. Mm-hmm. So don't give me the load of crap that he was your first option. Auburn has a problem with their boosters. They, they, their boosters want to run the athletic department, and, and most especially the football program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I agree with Brian, that. Ha- Brian Harson. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Brian Harson is a good football coach. I think uh, he's a good football coach for Boise. Yeah. Uh, first of all, that's where he's from. I mean, yep. that, that's his stomping grounds. He's not going to have any problems recruiting out there. First of all, he don't have much competition in recruiting in that conference. Uh he he has the pedigree there. I mean, he played quarterback at Boise in the 90s. Uh, he's been around that program for pretty much his entire adult life. Uh, so it's no surprise that he he done a really good job at Boise. But you have to recruit different types of player players at Boise, and you have to <laughs> recruit against, against different types of recruiters at Auburn. So I, I just think, I, I'm not sure they upgraded. Now, he, he they, they may have hired the next greatest coach of all time. We don't know that. Right. But on the surface, I can't say that they upgraded their coaching, their coach. I, I just can't. I, I don't I don't see that. So yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be key on who he hires around him. He better hire some people that's got a lot of ties to the south, to the mobile area, to uh, to the Georgia area, to the Florida area, because that's, I mean, they're going to have to recruit well there. Yeah. Uh, Gus, I'll say this, Gus did a good job recruiting, except on the offensive line. Yeah. If, that was- if, if Gus could have recruited the offensive line a little bit better and developed his players just a little bit better, especially the quarterback position, then we wouldn't be having this conversation in the first place. I do understand that frustration uh and, you know, from the Auburn fans and the administration there, you know, because they, they didn't really recruit offensive line as a priority. And then they didn't ever develop uh, 
the quarterback that they signed as a freshman. So yeah. I, I understand that. But I, sitting here today, December 28th of 2020, I can't for sure say that they upgraded their coach by hiring Brian Harson. And I also don't bother Bullcrap that he was their man all along. I just, I just don't. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I'll say this about Boise. Um, I have not seen if it's been announced, but it looks like they're going out to Kellen Moore, and I think that'd be a good pickup for them. Um, but moving back to, to Auburn, just like you and I both said, he's going to have to recruit well down here in the South. Like you said, he's going to recruit in Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, and get some guys from Alabama and try to take some of these in, in-state guys from Alabama. And, I mean, you're going – like you said, you're going against a lot of good recruiters. I mean, I think Alabama, after this early signing period, three of our recruiters were in the top five, maybe in the top three. I can't I, – I've seen that. I was like, my gracious, that, that's incredible. But just to – the, the staff is what's going to make him break him, and he's going to put a good staff around him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Brian Harson's a pretty good coach, but I think Gus Malzahn's a pretty good coach. He yeah. just did not uh, develop the quarterbacks, and he did not develop a good offensive line or recruit good enough offensive linemen, uh, you know, for, for their fans' liking or for their administration's liking. Other than that, I mean, like I said, nobody's beat Nick Saban more than what Gus Malzahn has since Saban's been in Alabama. So right. Uh, I mean, I, I just think they need to – I don't know. I just – and I and like I said, I'm trying to say this, you know, being realistic. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, some jerk, arrogant Alabama fan. I'm really saying this with sincerity. I think Auburn needs to realize who they are and where they're at. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the facts that Auburn is not the upper echelon of the SEC. I mean, they're yeah. – they're, they're, Maybe in the in the top half, but you know they're they're really flirting with the middle of the pack in the SEC when it comes to programs and what that job can be. Yeah, I agree. So I, I just I just feel like they need to be a little more realistic about who they are. Uh, and like I said, I could probably spend an entire podcast on this, uh, but we're going to move right along now. Uh, yeah. Unless you got anything else you want to add on that. I, I'm just going to say real quick, you know, you, you mentioned the programs that are ahead of Auburn. And um, I was actually talking to uh, a buddy of mine who's a, who's an Auburn fan about it, and he actually agreed with me. But I said, you got to think about this. If if the Tennessee job came open, you know, somebody would, would be leaning more towards Tennessee just because they don't have to – I mean, yeah, they still have to play Alabama every year, but your biggest rival is Vandy. And, I mean, that's <laughs> – that is a, a pretty much – I don't want to say it's an automatic win because Tennessee has – or Bandy has upset Tennessee a couple of times. But, uh, I mean, I mean, apples to apples, you got Vandy, that's your biggest rival, or you got, you know, Alabama. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Well, that's like, – like I said, I would love to get somebody's opinion that's, you know, from like, I don't know, Iowa, <laughs> you know, that's not an Alabama or an Auburn fan, and and have them write down their SEC jobs from best to worst, and and just see where Auburn's at, and 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 I believe they're going to be about where I said between the five and seven mark in the SEC. So what I mean, so when you're going to finish 
fifth or sixth or seventh overall in the SEC, you know what that means? You probably went eight and four. Right. So, I mean, I just – I think they need to realize who they are. And and I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. Uh, I mean, I'm just – I just mean that with – it's just reality. So, uh, like I said, I could go on and on about this, but we're going to yeah. cut it off right there and move on to our last topic here. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the upcoming matchup with Notre Dame and the, the Rose Bowl that's being played in Dallas because of COVID. So, that's going to be a little weird. Uh, the Rose Bowl is so iconic and – that stadium is so iconic, and now it's getting played in Dallas, but which is okay as long as the game's played. That's all that matters. But, Jake, just kind of what is your just overall thoughts on the game and the matchup with Notre Dame? I, I'll tell you. I'm also going to – whenever I get done, I'm going to give you an, an, an over-under I want you to uh, to give your opinion on. But um, speaking of the game, um, I, you know, when it first came out, I don't know if it's changed much, but uh, the over-under was 65 and a half points. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in my honest opinion, if it's going to be 65 and a half and stay around there, I think Alabama's going to score at least 48 to 50 of that. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, I, Alabama is by far the superior team. Um, Ian Book, I think, is going to give us trouble early, but I, you know, I've been one of the biggest critics of of uh, Pete Golden. I will be the first to say that, and and I will say this: last couple of weeks, maybe the last month of, of games that he's been in, it seems like the second half uh, adjustments that he's made has been really, really well. Now there was, a, uh, you know, Florida. They they still gave us fits in the second half, especially in that third quarter. But Florida's got a lot of talented guys. And, I mean, we have talent on the defense as well. But give credit where credit's to you. Florida, you know, was was ready for that game. And uh, offensively, we was too. Defensively, we had a few hiccups. But but overall, on paper, Alabama has the, the better defense and outright the better offense. And and I don't I don't think anybody's going to I – I mean, we still haven't seen it. Like we talked about uh, in the Heisman talk, nobody stopped uh, Devontae Smith as of yet, and I don't think anybody will. Um, but my over-under, I was going to give you real quick. I about forgot it. And uh, okay. you're going to give a good laugh out of this, but I, I don't want to see it happen. But if Matt does throw an interception, what's the over-under that, you know, that Matchy lays the dude out again? <laughs> Uh, they better hope that they don't intercept it on Mechie's side of the field. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, but, you know, just I, I kind of I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I hadn't really looked at the over. What would you say the over and under for the game, the total was? It's 65 and a half points right now. That, that's when it started, when it come out. I, I hadn't seen anything since. See, I, see, I think that's dead nuts. See, these guys in Vegas know exactly what they're talking about. because. Yeah. Uh, my my score prediction is kind of like forty five to twenty, so that's sixty five points right there. So, yeah. I mean, I, them guys know what they're talking about. But just kind of looking at the game, uh, in book is is a really good college quarterback. Like he's just one of those guys that that just plays the college quarterback position so well. Uh, he's been around forever, uh, you know. So he he's seen everything. We're not going to fool him with anything we show him. Uh, I am inter- interested to see if we can get any kind of pass rush on him. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a big key to the game, and not so much of of you know sacking him, but 
we do need to get him down if we have a chance to get him down because he's one of those guys that I mean he's not just an elite athlete but he's good enough to to get out and create some some plays in the open field or you know scramble around till he finds somebody open so uh, th- that is going to be a big part of the game but I, I'm with you on on what you said about Pete Golding minus the Florida game the second half adjustments uh, have been really good for for the Alabama defense this year yeah. And, and and I also want to agree with you on Florida. I mean, I, there, nobody stopped Kyle Pitts this year. No. I mean, he, he made three or four catches in that game that were big plays that, I mean, our guy was right there. I mean, what the heck are you going to do? He's six foot six. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, he's going to be, you know, I always, there's something I always, uh, my, my wife, she gets all upset if, if they put, if the other team games two or three yards. And I said, you know, they got guys on scholarship too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I think we're a little spoiled. Uh, obviously, I would like for our defense to play a little better. Uh, but, you know, Cal Pitts, Kadarius Tony, Grimes, th- those are elite playmakers for Florida. Kyle Trask is remarkably accurate with the football. So, and that's what it takes. I mean, that's what it takes to beat Alabama. That they're yeah. going to have, I mean, they're going to have to give you some turnovers. Uh, they're, you're going to have to make a lot of one-on-one plays in the in the you know by your receiver or your tight end for big plays. I mean that's that's going to be that's going to have to be what it takes for for Notre Dame to to be able to compete with with Alabama. Alabama has more talent across the board. Uh, our offense is far superior to their offense, uh, even if our defense doesn't play their A game. And, and Notre Dame does play their A game both offensively and defensively, Alabama's offense is going to have to turn the ball over a couple times. So yeah. I, I just feel like Alabama, like you said, in the second half is, is just going to be too much for Notre Dame. I could see M. Book getting a couple touchdowns in the first half, kind of kind of cheap or, you know, I don't want to say cheap. I'm not trying to, to downgrade Notre Dame because they are – I think they're a good football team. But talent-wise, they just don't match up. And we saw that against Clemson. You know, this past Saturday or a couple Saturdays ago, when uh, when they when they played there in the ACC championship game in the rematch there, and and Clemson had their full slate of players, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, uh, they were able to make plays in the backfield and, and force some negative plays. Notre Dame was not able to get the ground game going, and that that's another big part. If Alabama can limit their their plays in the run game, then then Notre Dame really doesn't have a chance. Yeah, I agree, and I um, I don't know, uh, you know how how I'm. Well, I don't. I'm not going to say I don't know, but I, what I want to see is how Chris Owen steps in. You know, losing Landon Dickerson is going to be huge on that offensive line. Um, but Chris Owens, I mean, he's he's there, and uh, for a reason, he's he's had some uh, playing time uh, back last year, so he he knows the offense. Um, I just I don't think him and Matt's gonna have any kind of any kind of issue. Uh, they'll gel together real well, um, and uh, I, I hope that you know it's it's hard to replace Atlanta Dickinson, that old country boy. You know we really really, really like him down here at Alabama, but um, but I think Owen's gonna step right in and and be fine. And I want to say this about the defense side of the ball too, is you know going future wise. And we'll probably see more of him this year before it's all said and done, too. But Tim Smith looks like he is going to be a freak on that defensive line. I mean, 
<laughs> Whenever there, there, there's several freshmen. Yeah, and defense that that are just elite. They're elite players, and uh, about 18 months, they'll be some of the best players in all of college football. Yeah, and going back to Tim Smith, uh, I remember that play when when he recovered the fumble. I remember he had his guy like four yards in the backfield as soon as the ball was snapped. I'm like, my gosh, he got he got the best of that dude, and and that's what he does when he gets on the field. It seems like he's in the backfield chasing a quarterback or trying to chase down a running back every play. I'm like, man, he needs some more playing time. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's really showing out, and the the pass rush for Alabama's. Uh, and see, I don't understand. There's there's a lot of fans and on Twitterverse talking about how we don't have a have a great pass rush. And I'm not saying it's elite or or great, but I mean it, it's pretty good. We have the leading sack dude in the SEC on our team, and Will Anderson, and then yeah. Christian Barmore is tied for second in the SEC. So yeah. I I mean I'm not saying like I said that we're elite, but we're not bad. We're we're as good as anybody else is at rushing the quarterback in the SEC. So, I mean, I don't, I don't understand that that thought process from some of our fans, but that uh, that is what it is. But uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, um, you know, you're talking about Ian Book. We got to, we got to keep him from from using his legs a little bit because, like you said, he can make uh, plays in the open field. But I would like to see a spy on him, not all the time, but sometimes. Kind of like what we did on that Hail Mary attempt uh, for um, Florida. We have, and Christian Harris just blew, blew up. Um, oh, Kyle Trask. I, I'd like to see him spy uh, Ian Book if he starts moving a little bit. You know, keep an eye on him. Yeah, yeah. I like I like when we have Harris spying the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he's really good at that. He he's really good at diving noticing what's happening with the play so i'm with you on that i think that's a good a good idea obviously we're not going to do that any play but you know when they get into a third drop back and straight man to man having somebody spy on them a little bit because i do think that our edge rushers are going to be able to get i think will anderson is, is coming out i think he's he's has a chance to get in i mean he's had two sacks three games in a row or something like that so yeah. uh uh, I think I think he has a chance to have another big game, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the defense plays against Notre Dame because they're really they have a different offense from what we faced all season long. So uh, you know they kind of have three tight ends that are really good. They're not Kyle Pitts type; they're kind of the old school tight end guys. But I'm interested to see how 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 our defense plays and and how Pete and and Coach Saban kind of game plan for that. And uh, I think it'll be a good challenge. Uh, but I, like I mentioned, I think Alabama is just a little too strong. And like I said, my, my score prediction is going to be 45 to 20 Alabama. Uh, mine is 48 uh, 24 Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty close to each other. We, we kind of see things probably pretty similar, uh, maybe a little tight going into halftime, but Alabama is just too strong in the second half. And, uh, it's just it, it's too hard to contain the album offense. Just too many weapons. Yeah, uh, you cover the receivers, then we throw it to Najee out of the backfield, and <laughs> before you know it, he has three receiving touchdowns in the game. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just pick your poison, and, and it's tough to to cover this album offense. And now we will miss Landon Dickerson, like you like you mentioned. I don't have, have they announced that Chris Owens is definitely going to be the starter. 
I don't think they have. Uh, it was just a lot of people saying he was probably going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's who I, I would assume would take his place. Uh, the only other guy that I would think would be Darren Dalcourt. So that's obviously something to watch out for. We'll see how that how that's handled. Uh, I mean, obviously, both guys are talented. Right. Dickerson, Dickerson's leadership is what, what we'll miss the most uh, in his nasty streak. He's just – he's got that nasty streak and – you could tell the team loved him. That that moment on the field when he was on the cart and the whole oh. team come out there, son, you talk about some goosebumps, man. That that was that that's that's one of my top ten favorite sports moments of all time. Absolutely, man. I don't ain't much left to add. Uh, we we talked a little bit about the Heisman, talked about Auburn's coaching hire, talked about the playoffs. Of course, uh, men's basketball gets back on the hardwood tomorrow night. Yep. Or tonight, or whenever you listen to this podcast, Tuesday night, December 29th, against Ole Miss in the SEC opener. So hopefully the Tide can get a win there. Teddy and Rojas will both be back for the game after they missed last weekend's game. And uh, so look forward to seeing those guys back in the lineup and seeing what this team can do as we head in the SEC play. And, and I want to say something about that real quick. All these rumors going around about what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, it needs to be squashed because, you know, that's an internal matter. And, and you know, NATO seemed like he handled it and, and both guys going to be back. So they're they're fine. So nothing was said. And, and I mean, it seems like NATO has been under a microscope since he's been in Alabama. And I'm like, there, there's no reason for it. I, I still believe in him. And it's th- this year, I mean, everybody just, I mean, we just can't hit three pointers like we have been. And, but I mean, eventually the scoring is going to come, and we're going to be fine. But you know, this 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 rumor that's been going around, it, it needs to be squashed like right now. Well, and and what's sad, Jake, is the 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 one that's most responsible for the ridiculous rumor is a blue checkmark guy, and you know, and people know what I'm talking about, and they know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about, and that's yep. pathetic, man. I'm I'm telling you, he, he better be careful. Because uh, he could he honestly sued for what for what all he read, yeah. And so uh, I was saying I'd be careful. I hope people realize the guy I've known for a while. A lot of people have known it for a while, and uh, I hope this just kind of seals the deal for, for him. And uh, I, I, to me, I hate for anybody to lose their job, but I don't see how they can retain him. No, that that's just complete, and and it's. Irresponsible journalism, and uh, he should not should his job. But you know that's that's a story for another day. We're going to wrap it up here on this episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. Jake, it was great being with you again, bud. It's been a long time, like we mentioned before. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again here in a couple days. Absolutely. Uh, before we go, uh, you know, make sure y'all head over to TideTalkSports.com for all the latest in Alabama athletics. Head over to our YouTube channel, presented by Chat Sports, the Alabama Football News and Rumors channel. Our boy Ricky does a great job hosting that. Uh, each of us are going to be on there from time to time. Uh, we're working on doing some live stuff here before too long. 2021 is going to be a big year for Tide Talk Sports. We've got a lot of great things uh, planned for our future. Uh, we appreciate everybody supporting us. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Uh, and that, that helps us out a great deal. Uh, and share it with all your friends and family and neighbors, enemies, whoever. Uh, just you know, tell them to hop on board the Tide Talk Sports train. Uh, we're having a great time doing all this. 
Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we appreciate all the support. Uh, like, uh, follow us on Twitter at Tide Talk Sports. You can follow me at Blackwood89. And, of course, I'm at Jake Thomas Tide. All right, Jake. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I had a good time. It was good talking with you again. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.